You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and this is episode 26 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. And look, we know we have not had an episode in almost a week. It's just been a busy week. It's been tough for scheduling shows this week, but guess what? We've avoided all the negative drama bullshit that everybody's been, you know, discussing, including us. We're 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 human beings too. We are very passionate Mariners fans. Obviously, since the last recording, we got swept by Houston. We also had the whole Julio injured from either the Texas game or the home run derby or both. Uh, we've there's been a lot of trade talk. There's just been a lot of like negativity, and then all of a sudden, you know, Julio comes back. He hits a couple of home runs, big game winning, putting us over home run, uh, most recently from yesterday's game. So it seems like all is forgotten. I'm glad we didn't have to waste our time sitting and bitching about that on this episode. I don't know about you. My guest today, Vladimir Perez, a good friend of mine and also an actor down here in Hollywood. You might know him from Modern Family. Angie Tribeca, the movie Friendsgiving, Lucifer, Diary of a Future President. You, you go check out his IMDb. I, I mean, come on. I've done a lot of sketch comedy with him. We've created a lot of stuff. We've worked together. We're a team. But also a weird part of our dynamic is he's a New York guy. He's a New York fan. I'm a Mariners guy. Obviously, you know the history between the two. Uh, so there's a lot of like feelings between the Mariners and the Yankees. But recently, in the last couple of years, we've found this common uh, enemy uh, in the Houston Astros to really bond over. So, you know, he stepped up to the plate here, no pun intended, and uh, filled in here for Hanno and joined us. And in fact, he's going to be on tomorrow's episode as well. Yes, there is an episode tomorrow, episode 27, the second half of our conversation and maybe some... uh, more conversation is going to be featured on tomorrow's episode with Vladimir Perez. Also, look out for our spinoff series from the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast called Hitting 420. What is Hitting 420 about? We're going to get into that on the next couple of episodes. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about, yes, some Houston Astro stuff and also trade deadline stuff. Juan Soto's still out there. A lot of players are still out there. And of course, it's very interesting to sit down with, you know, somebody that has deeper pockets and more assets like the Yankees and the Yankees fan and seeing what they think and what he thinks about the Mariners. You know, this isn't going to be all about the Mariners today. 
it's going to be a little bit about the Yankees, but we, we also have to like open our minds and, and see what other fans and uh, other organizations are doing right now during this time. Cause we're, we're, we're in that room now. We're in the room with the Yankees. We're in the room with the Astros. We're in the room with Toronto. We're in the room with Chicago and Minnesota and Boston and the Orioles. There's a lot of, there's, there's eight, legitimate teams that you could see playing in the playoffs. So we do have to like see what other people are doing. And that's just kind of like we're doing here on this episode. We just kind of chopped it up. He was actually driving around LA and I was talking to him and I'm, I'm happy we could do this and he's going to be around and for Monday's episode and possibly uh, next Thursday's episode, you're going to get more Vlad because he's contractually obligated to be in our Yankees guy. So anytime we are playing the Yankees or there's some Yankee news, we're going to be going to him. And again, and of course, before I shut up and get out of the way, I need to thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and just sharing the news about the rye bread and mustard podcast. We've seen a lot of growth. We still got a lot more to go. So keep liking, keep subscribing, keep telling your friends about it. And look, I've said this before. I like five tool players. Who doesn't? But you know what I like more? Five-star reviews. So if you think we're worthy of that five-star review, give us that five-star. And also, give us a review. That really, really helps out the show. With that being said, I'm running over my intro time. I'm droning on here. So I'm going to get out of the way so you can listen to, sit back, and relax, or clean the house, or go on a jog, go on a hike, Sit in traffic, sit at work, sit in the dark and meditate to this. Here it is, episode 26 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast that starts right now. Yeah, so, all right, so the big trade today, you guys got Ben Attendee from Kansas City for three pitchers from the minor leagues. Yeah, I mean, the minute they mentioned that uh, the Yankees were interested in him two weeks ago, I was definitely, uh, you know, immediately into it. Well, three, you know, weeks just ago, three weeks ago, this was the guy everybody, you text me that you wanted this guy. And three weeks ago, I think everybody wanted this guy, but I think with the Juan Soto thing, it kind of, it, people, you started to forget about it. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like everybody's... Uh, I mean, you know, obviously we have no idea what's going on, you know, behind the scenes, but it just feels like everything's at like a, a standstill until uh, Soto lands or, you know, maybe Washington's full of shit. But, uh, you know, I, I've read way too many good source people saying that they mean business and they, you know, they think they can fleece anybody for them now. And, you know, it is true. So, where are these prospects? at in your organization? Uh, I think they said single A, uh, two of the top 30, and then one, and then like a drop off from there. So technically it means that they're not out of the mix for anybody else. They didn't really get give up much for them. Do you still think you're in the, in the Soto mix? Yeah. I mean, uh, I... You know, it might be wishful thinking, but you know everybody's basically making their case, saying there's no, there's literally no reason to not go after this guy. If anybody's got the pieces to do it, it doesn't make any sense. 
And he seems like the kind of guy, you know, you guys get players sometimes on the Yankees, right? That they show they're like studs somewhere and then they just can't hack it or the pressure hits them or, you know, they got to shave their face. But this guy just seems like he'd be fucking, he's ready already. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's already been in the league for what, four years? He's won a title. Uh, Yeah, won a title. Some people say he's the toughest out. So when you go back and you talk prospects and stuff like that, it, it's just uh, what's really the chances that you're giving away, you know, five good guys. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you know, you've seen, you know, I mean, any team that's spent the you know right amount of time on it and stuff, you see how superstars pop up. But you know, look how long you guys have been waiting to grow a new one. You know, it does stop at some point, or you know. Not everything pans out, so I mean, we got Judge on our team, and that's it. Yeah, but so, you, you know what? The, the Yankees always, and the Dodgers, and especially the Yankees, they get this perception that they just buy everything. But like your guys' farm system has been fucking good for a long time. Basically, the blueprint for for winning. You know, you can't. You know, and, you know, you've seen it. You tried, or you know, you could spend money to try to keep it going, but if you don't have you don't really develop your own team. You have a lot of good homegrown talent. You know, the right picks. You acquire somebody else's prospects that turn out to be somebody. Like, that really has to be part of the mix. You can't just buy two good players from in a room. And, you know, that's just not, doesn't gel the same. I feel like shown that you guys know how to pick players and develop them. And then it's easier for you guys or I feel like oh hey well we have a prospect we have a prospect we'll look at our lineup this is somebody that doesn't crack our lineup but you know he's in our minor league system he's probably a starter on another team and it's like an easy sales pitch to other teams to acquire things I feel like yeah that's part of it too you know it's like making the guys look good or trading them at the right time because, you know, the, the percentages, like, you know, most guys don't become anything. So, you know, it's just wheeling and dealing and putting a value on timing. Yeah, and you, you guys know, are quality. The Yankees are a quality product. They're a quality organization. You think name brand stuff. This isn't Stock X or Swap Meat or grocery outlet bargain market shopping here. This is name brand Macy's, Nordstrom's, Gucci. The whole point of me saying that is that, you know, we've bitten into that apple and we've bought into, hey, these are Yankee players. And, you know, sometimes it hasn't worked out. But what I'm saying is it usually comes with a, oh, yeah, this guy's been through a good system or he's part of a winning organization. Maybe our losing organization will benefit from somebody from there. You guys have given up some big studs, too, in the past. Still part of the, the game, but I mean, you know, and even being a spoiled Yankee guy, and, and, I mean, you know, it's really the Dodgers playbook at this point in terms of like we're just gonna get fucking every guy who's available, but you know, more so than we ever did, I feel. But um, I mean, I don't ever remember getting a Mookie Betts, but that's poor shit too because you could consider A Rod, you know, the same exact thing. But, uh, you know, during a run of trying to win. But uh, I just think the Yankees' window for winning isn't as long as they think it is. 
to getting Soto now and having three playoff runs with him is basically, in my mind, in line of the only time they're guaranteed to be this good. With Judge this good now, Cole isn't going to be any better in four years. The Mayhew will be gone. Everybody's getting older. Stan, you know, you gotta you got to win while the guys are healthy. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, just getting him at least for three years with this current team, I think that's, you know, huge. I would agree with you going like, hey, we're farther down in this window of development. Like you're saying, you're already, you know, at, at risk of this could be judges last year. You've traded pieces to... Minnesota that were part of this thing you've acquired people yes you got Cole but you're right you're like in the back half of Cole's prime right so you're saying like hey yeah we might look this way to maybe a Mariners fan but you're going hey this is the window that this could you know keep them at this level and that kind of ensures you of maybe you can entice Judge to stay or if he leaves it's not that huge of a hole to dig yourself out of you know versus the Mariners where we're still budding in this window I feel like and I feel like we could see some of the players that are on the team and maybe some of the big prospects like the Kelnicks and stuff like that that we were like hey we got these guys from trades and they were supposed to be our guys, but now these other guys developed or showed up already. I could see us trading for for Soto, and that not being crazy. That's what you were telling me before. It was like you think the Mariners should definitely be in the mix and definitely try to get Soto. It's rare that somebody that good is available at all. That young, a lefty, average hitter. I mean, he could win a home run derby, and it doesn't mess up his. Like, I mean, if he's if you look at the analytics, you know, he hits the ball center field, left center, right center. So he's not even up there pulling the ball, you know. What you're doing now is basically, you know, it's like your arrival to it. But like having that first year of, hey, we're back in the mix. And then you assess everything. Like, just to put it in perspective, the Yankees, the Baby Bombers was was uh, five seasons ago. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand-name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. So this, so the Baby Bombers is this is that's the name for this group you guys have had. Well, that's what it was, because it was you know Judge and Duhar, Sanchez. And then they had a few pieces around them, and it was just, uh, you know, that was the first, like, oh, snap, we have a nice nucleus here. You know, then they immediately started to add to that with, you know, staying or whatever. But we haven't gotten, you know, we've gotten close twice in that those span of years. And, like, once is the, uh, that specific year, they probably got robbed. Astros doing their stupid shit. Yeah. Um, but they also, they beat us again. I believe in game seven, you know, a couple of years ago. So, you know, it's just like when you're worried about, oh, giving up prospects for, you know, somebody of this caliber, it's, it's pretty just nuts. It's yeah. one of them want. <laughs> right. And <laughs> don't let them go anywhere else. Right. That was a main Steinbrenner move. That would screw us over back in the day. There'd be a guy where they would try to get 
to blo- we would get somebody to block the Red Sox from getting him, and he'd either suck or we opened the door for them to get somebody else who ended up killing us, you know? And remember, you can't score any runs unless you get some hits. All right, now let's get a hitter up there. You kid, what's your name? Ruth, sir. Ruth, Ruth, what? George Herman Ruth, sir. But my friends call me Babe. Babe. Another Babe Ruth. Well, step up to the plate, Babe, and maybe swat out a few. Hey, Turk, chuck a few into the next Babe Ruth. When you've got a well-known name, people expect a lot. We've got a beer named after the city that means beer. Old Milwaukee. It's a tough name to live up to, but Old Milwaukee is one of the fastest growing major beers in the country. Tell me, babe, you don't happen to know any kids named Garrick, do you? Old Milwaukee beer tastes as great as its name. Do you know what? You guys did trade guys that were on your team and i know you know like when we talk by ourselves and i'm like oh i really don't want to trade lewis i don't want to trade you know anybody on the team right now that's currently on the team on the on the roster on the 40 man just because we have this nice mojo and you're like are you fucking kidding me you go get a soto and you guys went out and got the guys you thought you needed and you gave up what two really good players to to the twins Sanchez and Urshela yeah I mean the two guys that were a part of the you know a big part of what we were doing over here I mean but that's just another tale where it's like I feel like you know since the old Yankee regime of bringing prospects along current regime we have keep guys too long you know and trade them for nothing they could have we could have gotten literally anything we wanted for Sanchez in 2000 17 and 18 or you know 16 so yeah you definitely need to know when to to trade people you know and just make that make that big risk roll the dice because yeah there's somebody like Terenz that we had I don't know if you know who that is on our team he's our backup catcher but last year he went down to the minors he but I don't even think he was hitting 100 and they sent him down the minors and he had to come up because we kept on getting all our catchers banged up and he comes back up and he just rakes the rest of the year I think he hit 15 home runs and last year there was a lot of like you know big crazy comparisons of like oh this guy could be your DH of the future you know this year he's been injured and he has zero home runs he has a couple he has like maybe six or seven runs batted in maybe 10 at the most and he's hitting like right at 200 and he's somebody you could probably could have traded and got some sort of pitcher for or 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 you know part of a package and now i don't i i don't think you get anything for him Yeah, and, the Mar- and we've made, we, we've done business. Our two teams have done business together too, where it was just a big bust. Uh, you guys, though, the biggest one was in recent memory was Jesus Montero. You remember him from the Yankees, right? I mean, he was supposed to be this yeah. dud, and just it was a very fast decline. Well, I mean, wait, who did we get from you guys? You guys got Pineda. I know he was injured a bit, yeah. but you at least got something out of him. I do, and you know what? 
that just shows you too what they could have gotten for him before that. Right. He was another, you know, high prospect guy. And, you know, I mean, it's a roll of the dice. I, I, I forgot who uh, article I read this morning. It might have been Joel Sherman, and he was just saying like, who traded the Dodger? I mean, the Astros Alvarez. He, he was like, you know, you, you also you just got to live with it too if you give up a good guy. I mean, it, the bottom line is if you get Soto. If he does what he does every day, you'll never be thinking about who, who you gave up for him anyways. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> You're yeah, never going to no, be no. like, oh, look what this guy's doing over there. It's like, <laughs> no, everybody's going to have yeah. Soto jerseys on, and it's that's it. Yeah. Jackson batting 420 on the season, steps up to the plate. Oof, and he finds a patch of grass, and everyone's going to score. That's going to send the manager back out to the mound. Well, son. Looks like they're smoking everything you got today. I know, Skip. They just emptied the sacks on me with that hit and run. Everything's okay. Everything's okay, but I'm all out of gas. That's why I'm sending you down to gas back up at Everything's Okay, an alternative green medicine shop of distinction with the guaranteed lowest prices statewide. I guess everything is okay. Now hit the showers, kid. You're sticking up the joint. Everything's okay. 10717 North May Ave, Sweet A, the village. So... You were telling me earlier before we did this recording, you were just go, when we were talking Soto, you were just like, man, you know, we can't let a team like Houston get Soto. Like, that's one thing that a Mariners fan and a Yankees fan have in common. I mean, of course, we don't want, we also don't want you guys to get them, but it's more, it feels uh, more directly to, it feels like more to us because. Yeah, they'd have him for this year, but then we'd just be dealing with this guy 15, 20 times a year as well. And you guys obviously hate the Astros for, you know, other reasons. Is that something you're like, fuck, you just don't want to see that? Are you kind of scared about that? Well, I think that's something that, you know, people got to keep in mind, too. Like, the Astros have, uh, you know... You know, on this run that they're on, they've always gone out and got whoever they needed to, you know? Yeah, like a Verlander. I mean, we, Verlander, Cole, you know, we were trying to get Cole and they got him instead of us. I mean, you know, so yeah. like... And speaking of Verlander, he's starting the second game in the series. This will be the sixth start against the Mariners this year. That's what I'm talking about with like a guy like Soto. He gets on the team, you're just like, boom, dealing with them all the time. I'm sure you guys feel the same way when you when, like Boston gets somebody and stuff like that. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's a thing that happens, you know, but at this point now, when you're trying to really close the gap on on, you know, on your opportunity to win a championship and compete with these guys, you know, having Judge in an MVP year, uh, you know, the record, I mean, what does it really mean now? We're a game or, or two ahead of, you know? Like, we could lose yeah. that to them at any, any second. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just all these other teams are out there trying to make moves. So, uh, I keep hearing, like, the Dodgers, are, of course, are always in the mix. I mean, the truth is, uh, they would, to me, they would, that would be the craziest landing spot with the way they've overloaded already but like you said it's like you don't really gotta pay him more than what arbitration you know does a good job of ripping these guys off and up anyways you know yeah and if you have so you're gonna pay him what like 30 
They're probably going to pay him like 15 to 20 million a year uh, for those other two years. Uh, you know, arbitration years. Right. And uh, there also is reports that they are demanding that you take Patrick Corbin with him. Yeah, and he has he's if you look at all like the starting pitcher like who's the worst at this and that he's on like the top of the list on a lot of them losses. You know what he's been, but you never know these been, guys could turn good, it around. But, What's that? Well, you know, he, I think he was one of those guys that got good at the right time, you know, and then got himself a good nice contract. Right. Oh, uh, and you know now it's just kind of more. Who knows what you're gonna get for? But I mean. You know, that's an issue. That's a thing, too. It's like, uh, I mean, even for the Yankees, uh, I don't know how many years he has left, but, you know, having guys with fucking big, rotting contracts is like, we have, we have enough of that on our own. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is getting another starter, and the Yankees do love more than anything. Cashman loves fixing, you know, thinking they can fix somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, you know, not usually with this type of like. Look at Carpenter. Know, Carpenter, that he's easily the comeback player of the year, right? Yeah, but look what they're doing now. They're they're like if you're catching lightning in a bottle with this guy. Now they're putting him in every day, and it's like, all right, well, if you put him in every day, you're gonna get more of what you you know expect from him. You're gonna kill what he's doing, pitch hitting and playing every few days. You know. You know what I'd like to I mean, look, to think about too, with like now that you mentioned Carpenter, and you guys have Gallo, which you want gone. We we Gallo used to get get into the Mariners pretty good on Texas, so I don't know what happened there. He just couldn't play out there in New York, but uh, they do think people might like even with the way he is, they could probably get something for him. That's what I mean. Those two, do you see but, them? But trading, they don't care. Do you see them trading Carpenter? Because I, some players, I, I no. No, you think that's just like this is Yankee mojo? Yeah, we love, uh, but also it's like when you, the type of times we're like we're, we're building a team like that, we love having a old sure-handed bat off the bench that has that kind of pop, and you know they fixed his swing, his like whatever it is, his. That's what like know, Carlos Santana is to the Mariners. I mean, we got him from the Royals, and he's won like he's had like three, three. Or four game-winning hits already, but his batting average is below 200 since he's been on the Mariners. But all of his hits have just been at major key moments. You know, I, I see why you know people take chances on all these guys because you never know what they're gonna you know snap out of it. You know, yeah, and, and giving guys and days, giving guys days off is is important too going down the stretch. And originally, it seemed like Santana was brought in here for one to alleviate a hole in the lineup at the time when Ty France was injured with this elbow thing. But really, he's brought in here in this DH first base rotational thing to give guys days off. The Mariners seem to be really big about giving days off, even though they haven't been able to really right now. But what's weird about days off coming from a fan's point of view, we don't really understand it. It definitely will you know, irritate you or piss you off or have you looking for answers of why. Oh, trust me, nobody rests. Nobody rests more than the Yankees. 
<laughs> like when you like when you watch a game, it'll be like, oh wow, uh, the main he's on a five game hit streak. I mean, hit the home run in two straight days. Well, today he's benched. <laughs> like it's always in the middle of somebody's hot streak or like you know, Judge hit you know three home runs in a row, and you know, like especially these days in these home run eras, players get hot. You know, they hit home runs five days in a row all the time. Seager, Devers, all these guys, three, four, four days in a row. And for the Yankees, it doesn't mean anything because they, they can still get fucking rested. So you've seen like, the day you, after. You've seen, so you've seen hitting streaks end because they'll like bench them. They'll be on a streak. You know and what, then, sometimes. And then, and then they'll get up and pinch hit and they'll go 0 for 1. And then, so you've, you've seen this and it's irritated you. It's just, just, you know, everybody, like, it doesn't make sense to anybody I know who's, you know, watches this, the Yankees are, like, you know, we play had a doubleheader coming out of the, out of the uh, All-Star game. I know, it was a focus game. And, you know, Rizzo rested one the first game, and, and this is against you know, the rest of the second game. Yeah, it's just like, all right, everybody, what the fuck were they doing for right. this weekend? Nobody was doing shit. <laughs> like, like, why is your rest computer not factoring in built-in rest? Although the Yankees will have an off day. And they'll be like, I want to give Judge a day off. What the fuck was yesterday? This is a highly sophisticated business computer. And to use it, all you have to do is learn this. This is Macintosh from Apple, also a highly sophisticated business computer. And to use it, all you have to do is learn this. Now, you decide which one is more sophisticated. Macintosh, the computer for the rest of us. Okay, so... Just to get you up to speed, if you don't know the whole Julio saga, basically on the very last game before the uh, before the All Star game, and jammed his uh, uh, hand, like it was sorry, jammed his wrist. He had it checked out. He finished the game. He said he was fine. He went. He did the home run derby. Me and you were were there. You know, he hit eighty one home runs, and then he he then the next day. Seemed visibly sore, but more or less with like his back and his shoulders as far as what we were seeing. But apparently he was wearing a hand brace during that game. Doesn't matter. He's a gamer. He plays the next day in the home run derby. Then there's a couple of days off. Came back and they were trying to put a lot of the blame at first on this jam. But then it was like he still went and did the game. I mean, he still went and did the home run derby, but he also won $750,000 for his uh, performance, which is 50000 more than he's making this year. So, like, I totally get why he did it, right, personally. Uh, and, you know, maybe he did feel fine before. Anyways, the three games that he missed happened to be against the Astros. There were some big spots. A couple of the games are very close. One was a blowout. Or not a blowout, but it, they definitely um, just had the game from the start. But two of the games were very close, and you and you don't have Julio, and then you didn't have him for the start of the Texas series. It, it didn't uh, turn into a factor. He comes back strong. Uh, people were, you know, it was a back and forth thing of like, because 
fans seem to be pissed off. But then, you know, last week when he was hitting 81 home runs, everybody was on his jock. What do you feel about that whole that whole situation from the outside? I mean, I told you when we were there, you better pray to God he doesn't get hurt, especially when he was doing the most. Right. He was having to hit 30 home runs because the two guys that he went up against were Seeger, who's from L.A., who knows that, that park, and was hot going into the streak, hitting home runs. And then you had uh, the reigning champion. So, well, so it wasn't like you could just go put 17 up. You had to at least hit 25, right? Yeah, but I mean, once he was hitting just, you know, 30-some, I was like, oh, shit. You know, that's I mean. Just because, I, I mean, I'm a, somebody who's against the home run derby, you know. Like, I was happy that Judge and Stan weren't in it. You know, I just, uh, I've just heard too many, like, baseball people say that it ruins a lot of people's swings or, I think it, I can know. see how you could get hurt now how they do it with the running clock, the shot clock. I, I, I think it's too much. I don't mind one round like that. I think it's fun. I, I like it as far as entertainment. But the thing is, there's two reasons I feel like I really like the uh, the old version. I've talked about this. Is one, when you used to hit the home runs and you only had 10 outs, you could actually, they would actually, the production of watching the home run and seeing where it landed and seeing where it bounced or what people were chasing after it was a lot of fun as far as like just checking out a majestic shot. And two, I think it's pretty impressive where you just pick you just have to pick the right pitch and know when that's the pitch that you can drive out of the ballpark. I think there's uh, a different kind of skill than just, you know, taking a ton of hacks, which you can get hurt. Dude. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, too. Like, now, yeah, with the, especially now with the, uh, with the clock, they're trying to fit in as many as possible. You know, it's just... You're going to swing more, faster. Yeah. You know, in a sh- shorter span of time. It's just uh, some guys are built for it. Some swings are built for it. Not everybody's is like that. You know, Judge hurt his shoulder the year he did it. <laughs> Ruined his second half, for sure. You know, took half the power out of his second half. And well, next He was on the kind of pace that, that he was on now-ish. And he had uh, he ended up with 54 that year. Right, and you know, and with next year we have the All Star Game coming to Seattle, and you know he's going to want to go in and do it. You know he probably could win it. You know he probably should have won it this year. Do you see him doing it? Even though I know the answer is you wouldn't want him doing it. Do you think Julio's going to do it next year? Well, that's also if did he really get hurt against Texas, or did he get hurt at the Home Run Derby? What it seems like they're saying is that it was hurt, and like Scott Service in an interview said that he he basically said it was hurt. He said he was fine, but then he had a lot of activity over the the break. And the way he said it, it seemed like more not like I'm a mad at you thing. People were saying it was more of kind of sound like disappointment from like a parent. Well, look, you know, he made some money. At least he's backhanded now, so who really gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, look, I mean, injuries is really just the biggest part of baseball now. 
the biggest part of the post steroid era is that guys can't fucking stay healthy. You know, they should fucking let uh, uh, like a minimal amount of steroids in just to keep guys <laughs> on the fucking field. A doctor, it, approved, a doctor approved. Uh, maybe have. The, Maybe uh, like a WWE doctor approved. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love new WWF figures with real wrestling action. Jake the Snake Roberts versus the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. DiBiase lands a million dollar punch. Match Hulk Hogan against the Macho King, Randy Savage. Oh yeah, my elbow smash to finish Hogan, guaranteed. Hogan slams him again. Match Andre the Giant against the Ultimate Warrior. Andre will squash the Ultimate Maniac. WWF figures so close to the real thing, it's like being in the ring. The Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. We're going to be back tomorrow with more Vladimir Perez. There's more of this conversation that I just didn't put on here. We're just going to kind of wait and see if some of these things updated. But he's going to be back no matter what to talk a little bit more about the Houston Astros. He obviously, as a Yankees fan, has some strong, strong opinions. So it is interesting to sit down with the Yankees fan and just kind of find some similarities on the things that we fear and the things that we're trying to do. And uh, this was a lot of fun. We're also going to talk about the Swellmit. That is the Mariners prop that has been introduced, their home run prop that has been introduced. But apparently it has been around for a few years and has now made a resurgence and now made it out to the main stage. It's made it out to the field. This was something they used in the locker room back in the Cano Cruz era. We're going to talk about that with Hanson. We're also going to get Vlad's opinions on what he thinks about home run props and celebrations and and all that good stuff. That's going to be on episode 27. That is dropping tomorrow for the weekend. And we'll get back into more of the Mariner stats and more of the what's going on on the field. And of course, what we think is going to happen or what we are hearing or what we are fearing with this trade deadline coming up. Anyways, Thank you again for listening and, of course, liking and subscribing and sharing and downloading these episodes. That really, really helps us out. Like I've said before in the past, we are getting close to our goal of getting the show more monetized or fully monetized, which means you get more rye bread and mustard podcasts if that happens. So please, thank you again for liking, subscribing, and downloading these episodes and sharing uh and sharing this with other, you know, like-minded Mariners or baseball fans. It really, really, we really, really appreciate it. And again, I like five-star tool players who doesn't, but you know what I like more? Five-star reviews. So give us a five-star review if you think we are worthy of that. And again, be on the lookout for hitting 420. That's going to be dropping here on all the platforms and YouTube in the next couple of weeks. That's with Vlad. You'll also see Hanno on that. The show's still going on. Don't be alarmed or worried because I'm starting another show that I'm going to neglect this show. No, the Mariners are my number one love, okay? So check it out. Anyways, this is episode 26 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. I don't have Hanno here to do the charge, but maybe I'll try it. No, I can't do it. All right. We'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>